0: So, uh, to get clarity on issues of fire management and prevention systems, particularly in old buildings, we're joined on the line by Dr. Richard uh, Walls, who is head of fire engineering at the research unit at the Stellenbosch University. Dr. Uh, good morning. Uh, you know, uh, let's start there with what the president was saying about measures going forward. Uh, what kind of measures need to be put in place? Uh, preventative measures of to make sure that something similar doesn't happen. We've had two fires in the last year in Parliament.
1: Okay, good morning and good morning to your listeners. A good question, I think a lot of good discussion now regarding fire safety in general. Well, (laughs) we've got to look at each building in particular, but there's a lot of basics we can just start sorting out. And I think there's a lot of interesting information which may come to light in the next few days as to How did the fire start? How did it progress? How did it get so large? And the the basics to look at is just firstly compartmentation. When a fire breaks out. Ideally, you want to keep it in one zone, one one part of the building. And you have, typically have firewalls and even things in the ceilings, um, firewalls there or uh, curtains, etc., to prevent it then spreading to the rest of the building. Detection, there should always be um, detection systems that, and also, especially in such a, a sensitive building, uh, a key point, that it will then alert officials to be be aware uh, different types of detection system, whether it's Smoke alarms or fire alarms, um, sprinklers. I see there's a lot of discussion now regarding the the automatic sprinkler systems not working, and then also just to have security staff um, trained and aware, have access to fire extinguishers, hose reels, and the likes. Now, it's never an easy task with old buildings. Uh, There's a lot of old infrastructure, nooks and crannies, where fire can spread through old cable ducts and services voids, difficult passageways and funny shapes, but it's still a good, competent fire engineer would need to uh, in, in this case, go in there, have a look, and then try compartmentalize the building and design systems that can protect it, but also protect, let's say, special assets where you've got libraries and museum artifacts such that there's the right suppression system so they don't get damaged. So a lot can be done, and I think we're going to find out quite a bit in the, in the coming days as to, to what has transpired.
0: Yeah, a lot can be done, and because it's an old building, it, sound like, it sounds like it probably is going to be a very costly access to do this lot?
1: Correct. It's going to be both costly and time-consuming. I mean, they're first going to have to, I mean, if, if there is case of arson opened, investigations to be conducted, engineers to assess it, architects and engineers to do designs, I mean, to then appoint contractors, etc., etc., etc obtaining materials that match um, the, the old style. So this is this is going to be a number of months, many, many months, depending on the extent of damage, especially where roofs have collapsed, cabling and all sorts of IT security infrastructure. And the building is probably going to be operational in the other parts while this is um, com- going on so that's going to slow down progress further and government procurement is also not the easiest process so this isn't going to be an easy quick fix
0: yeah is it generally uh, you know these uh, water sprinklers are those generally the most protective measure one can use or at least a big a building of that magnitude uh, can use uh, as a preventative measure against fire and how easy if at all is it to seal these Water Sprinklers because they do say that the water sprinklers were sealed.
1: Well, as I mentioned, we've got to wait for information to come to light. Firstly, regarding Christine, yes, sprinklers are typically very effective, they do generally work very well in putting fires out. Uh, what happens is a little bulb and when they get too hot they burst I and mean, then only that sprinkler activates. Though. So it's not like in the movies say you know, there's a bit of smoke and suddenly 50 sprinklers activate. They, they don't work like that. It's only the sprinkler that is affected or heated up activates and then one by one as the fire may spread or don't spread more and more sprinklers become involved. They will typically contain it um, if they are in the vicinity of where the fire is, is activated. But obviously those are fed from a water supply, so if you have a main valve that someone shut off, let's say there was a leak or a problem or something happened and someone shut off the valve and never opened it, then then yes, they wouldn't have a water supply and then they wouldn't activate because they, they need to be pressurized to be able to activate when, when heated.
0: Yeah. Is it a good idea? And I know you 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 really deal mostly with issues of fire engineering. But is it a good idea uh, to consider, uh, you know, the technological advancement of moving, uh, you know, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, things that are uh, technologically driven and getting rid of paper in parliament? (laughs)
1: there's there's lots of 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 technological advancements that can be incorporated from different levels i mean firstly this is not a normal building this is not just your office block or a a multi-story apartment i mean this is parliament so we should have good state-of-the-art security from all levels. And your security and your fire system should work together so that we can detect it early, whether it's with infrared, um, you know, smoke detectors, heat detectors. I mean, firstly, it seems at some level the, the basics may have been a problem in some of the, the incidents that occurred. But, yes, there are more things that can be done, and especially around museum installations. There can be inerting systems. There can be water mists and other systems that, should they activate, then they won't destroy the paper or destroy the um, a- antique, you know, items from our, our history. So there are various other ways that you can protect sensitive mm. installations without damaging them and without sort of compromising safety.
0: Yeah. They, they say that it's still uh, pretty hard uh, to determine uh, the degree of, uh, you know, uh, of, of of how bad uh, the fire was because mm. the temperature is still very high in there. Uh, but they, I also know that it took ten years to build this old parliamentary building uh, from 1875 to 1885. Does that mean it's going to take uh, roughly the same amount of time to try and repair <laughs> the damage that's I... been done, or things are more advanced? as you'd say today?
1: Well, firstly, I think we're going to have to have a look at the the extent of the damage. As I mentioned, it's not going to be a quick fix, and it will depend on what's damaged. Some things uh, survive relatively well. I mean, if you look at bricks, you put bricks in a kiln to make them. So bricks themselves survive heat quite well, and normally what happens in the plaster is damaged, and if there's a plaster, often the plaster is cracked, you strip it off, and then your your brickwork and your your concrete as well may be sufficient. It does look, from what I've seen on the internet, like the roofs have been extensively damaged, so they will have to then strip those off, get new roof um, roofing systems in place, and take a while of that. There's going to be a lot of other damage. I mean, we may think of the structure, but ITC systems telephone line security systems ah. um Paintings and carpets and toilets and wet services, and there's a whole nightmare of other things that are all part of it. And you're going to have lots of little, or well, lots of contractors running around on top of each other with all sorts of different services trying to to repair it. So it's not just the, the, the brick and stone and timber, mm. it's everything else that goes with it that's going to take a, a significant period of time amidst a procurement system.
0: What is salvageable? I mean, you know, I know, I know that the food. Assessment hasn't been done, uh, but you know, g- g- generally speaking, uh, a fire of this magnitude it, it does, does. Is there anything that it even leaves behind? It depends on what happens
1: and what stage of the fire you, you get. What's called pre-flashover and post-flashover. Pre-flashover, where there's a smaller fire in the room and there's hot gases at the roof and lots of smoke. At that stage, you may be able to save some sort of more hardy artifacts. There's probably um, smoke damage, and especially in a big room, that's what may what happen. You might have chairs and tables and things burning at the ground, a lot of smoke damage, but not necessarily everything on fire, especially when lower roofs and smaller, smaller rooms, you get post-flashover where basically everything is on fire. So mm. all combustible surfaces will be destroyed, um, and then... Perhaps heavy things, safes, etc., will will survive. As I said, the brickwork, um, the main structure may be okay. The concrete may be okay, Mm. depending on what might need to be strengthened or or repaired. Timber um, being exposed to fire will need to be replaced. Steelwork as well. Uh, it will just be a question of how far it was allowed to to spread and the damage um, you know, the, the, the extent of how many rooms were affected by the fire.
0: Yeah and how long do you anticipate the assessment period uh, uh, being uh, once uh, you know the temperatures have cooled down, how long do you think it will take for us to <sighs> know what you know what what is badly damaged and what needs to be repaired?
1: I think, well, firstly, it'll depend on to what extent there's got to be an investigation and, uh, you know, does it need to be handed over to the police? Now, in terms of that preliminary investigation should occur within a few days once a a person has been appointed, made available. That I'm talking preliminary assessments. They can go out and have a look at, you know, does it need to be, um, you know, sections being demolished? What can we salvage? What can we do? But then a detailed repair uh, methodology is going to take much longer that will probably take um in the vicinity of weeks to make sure that then it's it's revamped but also as they are now re- renovating it they will we they need to ask now how, is it up to current sort of codes of practice being so old so do we need to look at evacuation routes remodeling if they just rebuild it in the exact same way it may be quicker but if they have to start putting additional evacuation routes and other considerations in place and compartmentation, then we've got to have a, it's going to be a longer design process as architects, engineers, and the, the client, effectively, the parliamentarians have to agree on layouts and designs. So all of these things will add in time as we move from um, you know, weeks to months. And, I mean, I'm, yeah, let's. hopefully wow. it's not into years, but let's see.
0: Wow, what a way to start the year. Uh, thank you for your time, Dr. Richard Walls. Thank you so much.
1: It's a pleasure. Thank Have a good you. day further.
0: Have a good day. And Happy New Year. I forgot to say Happy New Year uh, to uh, Dr. Walsh. Uh, uh, he is the head of fire engineering at the research unit at... Um the Stellenbosch University weeks, months, uh, he's saying it, w- it, w- it will take. And, of course, we haven't even begun the discussion of the artifacts uh, because, um, you know, we're worried about the library material and, you know, what is on paper. We haven't even had a discussion about the impact uh, on artifacts that have been uh, damaged uh, by this fire. We'll talk about, about that. But then I was also... Hmm. Asking myself so much. My mind's been busy this new year. I should have been more relaxed. I was asking myself about why we can't have a virtual sauna.